dealt with me about this morning so, so <laughs> in my face. When God speaks to you, sometimes it's, it's just so much in your face. He just wrecks you when God speaks to you. This morning, I was, I was in my closet, and I was kneeling down. I was trying to find some of my shoes, and I was trying to find a specific pair of shoes for today. And so as I was kneeling down, and I was, I was, I was at all my knees, and I'm, I'm searching for these shoes, all of a sudden, the Lord spoke to me, and he said to me, Aaron, when was the last time that you were on your knees in the closet searching for me like you're searching for these shoes? I was like, wow. As soon as, as, soon as God said that to me, it wrecked me. It just, it, it, it just wrecked everything inside of me. I was like, wow, okay, God, I, I get it. Um, so I can either do two things. I can either get in my prayer closet and go after God and search for him with all my heart, or I can put my shoes up to a higher place. But I believe that God wants us to learn how to get back on our knees and, and stay in that place of prayer and stay in that place of connection with God. And so I want to go ahead into this word. I'm not going to be before you long. I want to go ahead and just speak to this word to you today about faith forward. Everybody say that to yourself right now, faith forward. Today I want to discuss why it's so important to have faith as we move forward and as we re-enter. And this is a familiar passage of scripture and in fact I ministered on this just a few weeks ago but I, 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 the Lord said to preach it again pastor is it okay to preach a word a second time yes because if it's if it's not okay to preach it a second time it was never good enough to preach the first time so we got to preach it again so faith forward faith our faith has been really put to the test if all of us can say here today we we've all been tested. We've all been squeezed. We've all been surrounded. We've all been with an obstacle. And faith, if we can define faith right now without using scripture, I want you to define the word faith. Think about that for a minute and define the word faith without using any type of scripture references and think about that for a minute. To me, faith defined is the act of anticipating something is going to happen when we can't see it. The act of anticipating something is going to happen when we can't see it. Now, here's some scripture to support that thought. In Hebrews 11:1, 1, it says, Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not yet seen. We can't see it, but we believe it's going to happen. Why? Because there's evidence supporting that it's going to happen. Here's another scripture in 2 Corinthians 5, 7. It says, For we walk by what? Faith and not by sight. Something that our youth pastor taught us a long time ago, and I love what he, he said, that faith, that automatically we believe that the opposite of faith is what? Instantly you might say fear, worry, unbelief. These are not the opposite of faith. Those are the emotions that we get when we don't walk by faith. But in fact, the opposite of faith is really sight, based on these two scriptures. Instantly, sometimes we're filled with fear. And uh, today I want to talk to you about a time where a man named Abraham was met with a situation or a circumstance. And all of us right now are faced with situations and circumstances. And we can look at this situation or a circumstance either as an obstacle, listen to this, or an opportunity. We can either look at it and say this is an obstacle or an opportunity. The word obstacle is an event, is an event that prevents or stops us from progress. I want to say that again. An obstacle is an event or circumstance that prevents us from progress. An opportunity is very similar because it's an event or circumstance that we see that allows progress. So we can all have the same situation or the same circumstance, 
One person will look at it as an obstacle, and one person will look at it as an opportunity. Are you hearing this so far? A lot of times we get into these places where we say everything is against us. Instead of looking at the situation, we call it an obstacle instead of an opportunity. So Abraham, let's go to Abraham. Now Abraham has a situation, and he was blessed with a son. And so now God is going to challenge this test and challenge this moment in Abraham's life. I'm in Genesis chapter 22, verse 1. Now it came to pass after these that God tested Abraham, and Abraham was quick to say, here I am. Abraham had an instant response to the call of God. But how many know that actions speak louder than words? That even though Abraham could have easily said, here I am, but yet his actions would have never been different. Here's a, here's a good point here. God will always offend the mind to reveal the heart. God will always ask us questions that will reveal what's on the inside of us. God will always test us because you know what testing does? Testing reveals faith. Testing always reveals what's on the inside of the person. And so Abraham instantly says, here I am. And instantly we wonder, why does God choose some? And why does God use some and some are not used by God? Very easy answer. Because some are not available. You see, we know the scripture, many are called but few are chosen. Who are the chosen ones? The chosen ones are the ones who choose to be chosen. The chosen ones that, that say, here am I, God, send me, just like Isaiah said. So now it starts to get a little more serious in verse 2. Abraham says, God says to Abraham, now take your son, your only son, and go to the land of Moriah. And I want you to offer him up there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I tell you. Wait a minute. Are you kidding me? God just gave him this son, and now he wants him to offer him up as a sacrifice. You see, many times we're fast to volunteer, but when we hear the action required, listen to this. When we hear the action required and what it will cost us, we are not so quick to move. Instead, we make excuses. Come on. When we see the situation or the circumstance, we look at it as an obstacle instead of an opportunity. And many times we're quick to say, I'll go, I'll volunteer. But then when we hear about the action or what it will cost me, we're not so quick to move. Why? Because it costs us. Faith costs us something. Are you hearing this? Faith costs us something. And so here's the question. Why do you think that God chose to test Abraham in this particular way? Why do you think, if we know the history of Abraham, God said, Abraham, you're going to be the father of many nations. And so Isaac was close to the heart of Abraham. Isaac was the future. Isaac was what it was supposed to be like in the future. And this was going to challenge everything inside of Abraham to really trust God. You know, right now in the situation, in this pandemic, in this social distancing, in this closure and everything like that, God is saying to us, will you trust me in this moment? Come on, are you hearing this? Will you trust me in this moment? Will you trust the government? Are you looking for your stimulus check? Come on. I don't know if you got it yet. I know I didn't get my stimulus check yet, and I'm not counting on it either. If it comes, and praise God, I'll, I'll, I'll be happy to receive it. And, but the thing is, is that if you're trusting in the stimulus check, then you're trusting in the wrong thing. we got to trust in the Lord. Somebody shout that right there and put that in the comment section. My trust is in God. 
And so watch this. Abraham rose early the next morning. I got to hurry. Abraham rose early the next morning. There was no wasting of time. There was no, there was faith required action. Come on, because we can say, I'll go and I'll do it, but yet if there's no action, our actions will always speak louder than our words. we got to move quickly. When God tells you to do something, do it quickly. And so now he rises up and he begins to travel. One day he travels, two days. Here it is now three days later and many miles later, Abraham has a son and they see the place where they're going to sacrifice far off. But keep in mind, for three days, it was silent. These are the nothings of God. Can I say this? That during the test, during the test, it could be very quiet. During the test, it could be very lonesome. It could be very, you know, it could be very quiet. You know, things, maybe you're all by yourself. And, and, and even in this time, you know, I, I do, I feel lonesome. I do. You know, like after a service today, different things, I've been, I, I've been feeling a little lonesome, a little longing to be with people. And can I say this? Testing will get you to, it, it, it will cause that, that emotion inside of you. But on the third day, he saw the mountain of God. Yes. <laughs> so here's a question I want to ask you. Think about this. God tells Abraham, I want you to offer up Isaac as a burnt offering to the Lord. And you know what that meant? That meant that he had to burn him alive. And so now he's walking for three days. And I want you to think about this for a minute. What were the emotions and the thoughts that Abraham was wrestling with? What were some of the questions maybe he was asking himself? What am I doing? What, God, is this really you? God, is, is this really you? How about this? Maybe Abraham said this. Hey, God, how about I offer up Ishmael instead? He was a mistake anyway, right? He starts to maybe, maybe, do we do that? Do we bargain with God? Do we, like, make deals with God? Maybe he was like, man, my wife's going to kill me if she ever really finds out what's going on. These were the, some of the thoughts that maybe he was wrestling with. These are some of the thoughts that we wrestle with, don't we? When God asks us something, and we're like, God, how about we give this up? How about we give this to you instead? And we make these bargains with God. And so now they come to the mountain of God, and, and, and Abraham says to the people with him, he says, stay here because my son and I, we're going to go worship. We're going to give ourselves completely to him. That's what worship meant, to bow down. And we will come back to you. Abraham knew that something was going to happen on the mountain. He didn't know what really yet, but he believed that they were both going to come back. So Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering, and he laid it on his son Isaac. And, 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 and he had the fire in his hand and a knife, and the two went together. Now, I want you to think about this for a minute. And, and uh, Luke, I want you to come here for a minute, nephew. Come here. Now, I, I want to explain something to you. I want you to know that, that Isaac was no little guy. As you can see right here, Luke is no little guy. Now, I'm going to say this. As you can see, Luke, Luke is a little bit taller than me. If I stand up here, I, I, I'm almost as tall as you, right? And so now, Isaac was, in fact, Bible scholars say Isaac was close to 20 years old. Now, Luke is not 20. Luke is 14. Luke is 14. And so now here's Luke, and Luke says back to his father, he says, Dad, I see the wood, and I see the, 
fire, and I see uh, the knife, but where's the offering? There was something that Luke saw in his, I'm sorry, there was something Isaac saw in his father's life. There was something that Isaac saw. Can I ask you a question? Does our children see God in us? Do we do, are we in the presence of God enough? Are we in prayer? Are we in the house of God enough where, where our children know what worship is supposed to look like? Come on, somebody. And so studies show that Isaac was anywhere from 20 to 30 years old. So he was aware of what was supposed to happen. He was accustomed to worship. He knew what worship looked like. He knew what the house of God looked like. He knew what it meant to, to give a praise to God and to offer up a sacrifice to God. And so Abraham says, he says, son, he said, God's going to provide for himself a sacrifice. Don't worry. Everything's going to be all right. It takes no faith if we can see it. Faith forward. So Abraham and Isaac walk up the mountain. And now he builds an altar. And there he placed wood in the order. And then he put Isaac on the altar, upon the wood, alive. Think about this moment. We all think about the faith of Abraham. But what about the faith of Isaac? What was going through the mind of Isaac? Can I ask this question? If I took, if you and I, we took a 20-year-old guy, or even a 14-year-old guy, and we would lay him down on an altar. What do you think was going through? What do you think was going through Isaac's mind at the moment, Luke? What's going on? What's going on here, right? What, what else do you think Isaac was thinking about? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I think he'd be confused. Really confused, right? But yet he followed his dad. Why do you think he followed his dad? Why do you think he laid down, Luke? Because he had faith. He had faith. Why did he have faith? Because he was raised in church. He saw, he saw something in his dad that was worth following, and so he laid down. But maybe in his mind was like, what's going on here? Obviously, that's, that's what he asked because God, he said, where is the sacrifice? You know, he probably could have said, you know, Dad, what's going on here? Dad, if Mommy finds out, she's going to kill you, right? If Mommy finds out, uh, maybe, maybe he could have said, Dad, you know, seriously, we gotta, we got to start practicing more social distancing. You know what I mean? We're way too close right now. Um, or, or maybe you said, Dad, why me? Why not Abigail? Right? <laughs> why not Jesse? You know? He's always, he's, always, he's always getting me in trouble, man. Get him. Lay him down the altar, right? But this was a defining moment for Ishmael, for, uh, for Isaac and Abraham both. Thanks, buddy. This was a crossroads in his life. We're all in the defining moment as we're about to re-enter back into social life and re-enter back into the workplace, re-enter back into weddings and the malls and just life in general. And God is saying, how are you going to enter in? Are you going to enter in with faith? Or are we going to enter in with sight? Are we going to enter in with unbelief? Are we going to enter in with fear? So now watch this. Abraham lays his son down on the altar. And he raises up his hand to kill his son. And, and in this moment, I'm just using my imagination, maybe Abraham was waiting to hear the voice of God because you got to remember, for three days now, Abraham hasn't heard nothing yet. For three days, God has been silent. And so Abraham raises up his hand, 
And just about when he's about to come down, God speaks to him. You know what I love about this? God still speaks to us even in the backswing. Even in that moment, in that moment, what do I mean by that? That even in the times of life when we feel like maybe we're going backwards, even in the time of life where everything is quiet and we're, and we're just, we just feel backward, we feel like we're not getting ahead, we're just going backward. Can I say God still speaks to us in the back times, in those backward areas, in those times when we feel like we're going backwards, in those times when we feel like we're not going forward. God still speaks to us. God is still close to us. God is still with us. And there are some right now that you feel like, you know, you feel like you're going backwards. You feel like you're not getting ahead in everything you're doing. You take two steps forward. You take four steps back. And God is saying, God still speaks to us in the backswing. And God says to him, Abraham, Abraham. He called him twice. Anytime that you see that in the Bible where God calls a name twice, he's screaming, Abraham. Abraham says, here I am. Here I am. What a moment of truth. This moment revealed Abraham's faith. This moment here revealed Abraham's faith. When in a season of testing, our faith is so important to lean into the heart of God in order to hear his voice over our emotions. Did God want Isaac? No. He didn't. He wanted Abraham's heart. He wanted devotion because testing reveals faith. And so God says to him, don't lay your hand on the boy or do anything to him. For I know that you fear God and you will, and you will not withhold your son from me. As servants of God, we aren't to allow anything to come between us and God. So here's a question. God may not be asking us of a child, but what is God asking of us personally? What is that? That becomes between you and him. Like I said to you earlier, when I was kneeling down and I was, I was trying to find my shoes in the closet, God was like, Aaron, when was the last time you was on your knees and you searched for me like this? And God is asking, is he missing time with you? Even though, you know, it's been, today I think it's maybe 46 days or so since we've had a public worship service. Can you imagine that? It's been, it's been 46 days or so since we've had a public worship service. I want to encourage you, don't get in the habit of being comfortable outside of the presence of God. Don't get comfortable outside of the presence of God. Did you hear that? Don't get comfortable outside of worship. Just because we're, you're not in a public worship service, are you having private worship at home? Just because we're we're not having public services. Are you reading your Bible at home? In this season that we're in, it's, going to, it's requiring more faith than ever before. When we move in great faith, it will then move us forward into God's perfect peace and God's perfect plan for our life. Spending our time and energy trying to figure out this moment. Listen to this, please. Because a lot of us are doing this. Spending our time and energy trying to figure out this moment is actually what is the what exactly the enemy wants us to do. Because if we sit there and try to figure this all out, the enemy will get us stuck in our past. And we'll become bitter and we'll never move forward. We'll never move forward in faith. Today we must make the choice to move forward in our faith. 
forecast is for the future. Can I tell you what God's forecast is for the future? Is that no weapon formed against me shall ever prosper. That even though the enemy may come in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord will raise up a standard against him. And even though that I feel surrounded, can I say there are more fighting for us than those that are fighting? There are more for us than those that are fighting against us. That even though we feel surrounded by this situation, that even though we feel squeezed and hard-pressed on every side, can I say that God is with us? God is for you. And that's why we have to move forward in our faith to know even though we can't see what tomorrow holds, we can't see what next month holds, we can't even see what the next breath holds. We've got to trust God. As I was saying that, I just had a backlash to Easter because it was the last time that my grandson was in service, Elijah. We didn't know what was going to happen from moment to moment. And within a moment, he fell down and busted his eye right in front of us. Can I say, we don't have control over the next moment. We don't have control of that. You know who gives us every breath that we take is God. And when we learn how to lean into the heart of God, know that God is the giver of life. And God is the giver of my giver and taker of my life and the giver and taker of breath. And he holds every moment in his hand. When we get to this place of trust, we'll be able to re-enter back into a place of faith. Do you know why the children of Israel never they never got into the place of rest? Because they didn't have faith. Hebrews it says, it says it, it was they heard the promise. Are you hearing that? They heard the promise, but it was not mixed with what? Faith. We can know the promises of God, but we can miss out on him and everything that he has for us. Why? Because we don't have faith. So I want to close in prayer with this. Are you ready to move forward in faith? Are you ready to move forward in faith? Move forward in faith. I know every one of us right now are, are faced with this thing. We're like, God, when is this going to be over? What's tomorrow going to look like? What's next month going to, what's next year going to look like? And believe me from God, I have been doing this to myself. We're planning for a wedding this year and trying to figure that out. And the halls aren't even open yet. Don't know how, how many people are going to be allowed to gather and different things like that. We're like, God, how are we even plan for this thing? We're planning out different church events and different things like that. And the Lord said to me, Aaron, where's your faith? Are you trusting more in what the newscasters are saying? Are you, are you trusting more in what the scientists are saying and the doctors are saying? Come on, it's time to put our trust in the Lord. Turn ourselves completely to God. We cannot go into the season of life with fear and with, uh, with unbelief and worry and anxiety. Stop saying, I wish we can go back. I wish we, can, I wish we could just have our old times back. Listen, this is new. This is an opportunity. Do you know what happened in 1879 and 1880? Do you know what happened, Adam? Adam's here. I'm going to tell you guys what happened. When uh, the smallpox came out in pandemic, the smallpox, there was a doctor. There was a doctor. They came. I can't remember his name. Oh, God, what was his last name? I forgot his last name. No, not Fauci. But there was a doctor that said this. This is how they create the telephone number. 
because all they had was just, yes, can you connect me to Adam Joseph? The telephone number was created in 1879 and 1880 because of fear of the operators getting the smallpox. And so they create the phone number. And that's how the phone number came out, because of a pandemic. Instead of, he, instead of him seeing it as an obstacle, he saw it as an opportunity. And today, we have the phone number because of the smallpox. What good is going to come out of this moment because we see this pandemic happening right now? Come on, you, you, you guys catch this? One can look at it as an obstacle, but I see it as an opportunity. For what? I dare you to dream. I dare you to trust God for the impossible. I dare you to trust God for something. Hold on to God for healing. Hold on to God right now. Because with God, nothing will be impossible. Let's pray. Father, I invite you in and I thank you. Lord, that you are the God of the impossibilities. As we're praying, I want you to put in a prayer request. Quickly, please. We have two minutes. Put in a prayer request. We have intercessors that's watching right now that I want intercessors to pray. Come on, if you're an intercessor, if you're one of our intercessors, or you you pray, you intercede for people, begin to put in prayer requests. Hurry. Come on, those who need healing right now, those who need a breakthrough, put in your prayer request. Facebook, Instagram, hurry. Put in your prayer request right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, I come in agreement with every person as they put in their prayer request. God, I know that you are God of the impossible. Lord, that we, God, would trust you and know, God, that with you nothing is impossible. And so, Father, we, we pray. In the name of Jesus, God, for healing. God, that you would raise up, that you would touch every life, that you would touch every home. And God, they would invite you in and that we would move forward in our faith in Jesus' name. Amen. Please continue to put in. Please continue to put in your prayer request. Please continue to put in your prayer request. Don't stop putting in your prayer request. We have our intercessors. It was Dr. Moses Greeley Parker. That's who it was. Dr. Parker in Massachusetts. There was 200 people that lived in Lowell, Massachusetts. And he saw it as an opportunity instead of an obstacle. I love you. We miss you so much. But guess what? A resurrection coming on Mother's Day. Bring mom. You don't know what to do for Mother's Day? I have a great idea. Guess what? The restaurant's ain't going to be open. But we're going to have a restaurant right here called Diner on the Go. So I want to invite you to be here next Sunday morning at noon. We're going to serve lunch. We're going to have praise in the parking lot, and we're going to lift up the name of Jesus. We 